It's about seven in the evening and children are playing at the front of Takapu Wahia Marae in Porirua. Some are practicing their taiaha. Teenagers have spent a week here for their holidays. Inside the dining area, the kids put on a show for their whanau. The marae hosted a rangatahi holiday program, reinvigorating the marae with young people, where they learned about the local history, the songs, cultural site visits and the stories. Very shortly we're about to start the um, Hui Rangatahi concert. Kahu Ropata. The concert's got, uh, made up of um, uh, kapahaka and some short skits. Uh, we've also got a couple of uh, performers from Takituru. All these kids from here, Kahu? Um, uh, most of them are from uh, Takapua here in Purirua, but we have got some whānau from Hongaweka uh, all the way up to Ōtaki. Uh, some of our kids have come over from Blenheim and Nelson, so yeah, they really look forward to the uh, second week of the holidays. It's great to see the enthusiasm of these ones that just keep wanting to come back. Uh, in this time, I suppose, of being iwi-centric, uh, and it's an opportunity for Ngāti Tua to spend a bit of time with our rangatahi and get them sort of uh, up to speed with things Māori. So, uh, over the last week, I think they started off with it. They've done some really exciting stuff. Um, never mind going to the movies or laser strike. Oh, no. We, we, we went on a trip a journey up to Levin, to the swamps in Levin, and we visited some uh, old people buried in the, in the Urupar up there. Well, that was great. So we did things like that. They've done Kiorahi, which if you're not familiar with Kiorahi, that's a mild, traditional Māori game, apparently. Uh, so they really enjoyed that. There was a, a, an awesome walk up Rangi Tuhi. Did you go? <laughs> so for those of us uh, from Nata Tor, a few of us anyway, we can remember as kids going up Rangi Tuhi, uh, Evan and I, all of us as kids, it was something we did as kids, that was a fun thing to do. As you got into your teenagers, you sort of went over the hill and went diving over it the other side of Rangituhi and you brought your climb back over. They also uh, looked at aspects of the whare. So I saw them in there the other day doing kofu on the tukutuku. Uh, so one of the most important things is for our whānau is that we want to open up that knowledge in the whare. And so by having these hui, the kids get uh, experience to have a look at some of the kaupapa or the philosophies behind our whare. Um, and of course, uh, kapahaka, kapahaka all week. Uh, which is what the kids are passionate about. So, um, on behalf of the Hui Rangatahi and all the organisers, just like to thank you all for coming along. Um, it's not going to be too long, whanau, uh, but I'm sure it'll, it'll be very entertaining. So, I'm going to get Matau to come up here. He's going to be the MC. Who else is with you? Coraline. Ah, kia ora, Come on, Uh, my name's uh, Tawaimata Rupata. Um, I hail from here in Porirua, uh, basically. Uh, my iwi's uh, Ngāti Tō Rangatira. Um, and yeah, we've been based down here for a bit of a, for, uh, for a while now. What is the community about? To, to me, the community's, um, it's about family, I, I guess. Um, there's a lot of strong sort of family ties amongst a lot of people around here. Um, I know for me, um, growing up here in the parts, it's been awesome because I know a lot of people um, and gotten to know a lot of families as well. Um, yeah. So, um, what do the rangatahi, the youth, do around here? Well, yeah. So basically, we yeah. I don't know. I don't know for a lot of people, but for I know for me, I like to um, just go around my city and really visit a lot of my my mates and things like that. Um, we also yeah like to get out. Um, touch is pretty big. Uh, amongst us here in Porirua, um, also rugby league as well. Um, so yeah, we like to go out and play those sports. What are some of the local, like I heard that, um, you know, reggae kind of started in this community way back in the Ra. Are there any kind of stories that resonate with you or maybe some of your role models that come out of Porirua? I know there's your father, obviously, yeah. anything like that? Um, yeah, so we've, we've had a few um, role models in the past. Um, in terms of reggae music, I think it was my uncle um, David Grace and a lot of the um, uncles around Dal Pa that started off the, um, the group that he was with. And um, yeah, they were one of the first reggae, reggae bands. Uh, also, one of my uncle 
uh, Uncle Manu, he wrote the famous uh, song Rua Kinana, uh, which is a, a nice reggae, reggae song and well-known around the motu. Um, but yeah, it was pretty awesome to know that he was yeah, helped compose it. Yes, yes. So te wai mātau, one word that sums up Porirua. Toa. Takapu Waihia Marae is aptly located along Ngāti Toa Street, the local iwi of the area. Porirua was established as a city in 1965. The suburbs, the businesses and the contribution from its residents was honoured at an awards dinner earlier this year. Amongst the list of recipients is the somewhat reluctant hero, Hedda Noble. This fellow here is our, our main butcher. Um, he's here at every tangi we have here. He cuts up all our meat and makes sure everything's all up. You know, up to scratch. The other people are people from um, our work. So, yeah, but this is our kitchen. This is where everything um, revolves around um, preparing all our kai and, and just working together. You know, people say to me, oh, go and ask Auntie Hedda, go and ask Auntie Hedda. And I said, don't ask me nothing. Look, there's the menu on the board. If you can't see what's not being done, go and do it. And so that, and, and that's, that's how we work. Many businesses are still operating in the city, but once upon a time it was a thriving industrial area. One of the things I find really interesting about industries from that era is that there was a real sense of employer responsibility to the employees. There's um, Alice posted an image on one of the um, signage panels where it spoke about a woman who got her first job and she said, I never thought I could have a job like this and the pay's so good and my husband can bank all his pay because I earn enough for us to live on. And even, even things like building a cafeteria, a big cafeteria for all the staff to you know, eat communally together, a lot of those things have fallen away. Made in Porirua, the exhibition on at Pātaka Museum takes its audience through Porirua over the past 50 years. Its curator, Alice Masters, and director of Pātaka, Ruben Friend, talk about the history of the town. In part three of this series, the Ohuhapuri, community people, I meet some of those residents who call Porirua, or P-Town, home. We shine a light on its past and present. We meet Tapini Simmons, who lives at Camp Alsden, Hedda Noble, who remembers the land hikoi and singer David Bowie visiting her marae, and we look back at the businesses that started in Porirua, Whitaker's Chocolate, Todd Motors, Olympic Stationery, to name a few. I'm Justine Murray, and this is Te Ahika. Porirua City Council hosted the 50 Years Awards to celebrate significant contributions by 50 living people. 190 nominations were received. Among the recipients was Hedda Noble, who has spent 68 years in Porirua. It's her home and she has never lived away, even when her husband was set to transfer to Auckland. She wanted none of it, so he stayed. Her mother taught her the goings-on of the kitchen, and it's here that I meet up with her at Takapu Wahia Marae. I was born here in Purirua, um, raised in Purirua, never left Purirua, um, so been here for 68 years. Why haven't you left? Um, my mother and father were here. Um, a lot of my brothers and sisters um, left, and left three, four of us. I have 15 brothers and sisters, and so the most, most of them left and went overseas and around the country, but I stayed because my mum was here. Um, my husband was offered a transfer to Auckland, and I told him, see you, because I'm not going. <laughs> and he did? No. Oh, yeah, so. So he stayed, and so we've been here. What makes the community tick, do you think? I think um, because we're multicultural, and I think just the people just are so friendly and and happy. You know, there's been a lot of negative things about Purirua and about our hospital, but you know, um, you've got to live here to know what it's about. And so, do you mean Kinipuru Hospital? No, oh. the the Purirua Mental Hospital. It had that stigma of 
of, oh, you're from where all the mad people are, you know? But you had to live here to, to see what it was all about, really about. Now, Hera, we had, um, only recently this year, we had the 50th anniversary of, um, of Porirua becoming a township, and I went to Pataka Museum, and just the array of businesses that began here. Over your 68 years, you yes. would have... I remember um, growing up, we had Old Process Hall down the centre. We had um, a shopping centre that consisted of about five or six shops of nangs, fields, trails, and the old Purura station. Um, yeah, you know, and it's changed so much. Um, even through the PA, you know, we, we had our little community here that... Um, we were shut off from up there. We had no houses at the back. And it was just to see the changes, it's, it's incredible, really. How has pa life changed here in this village in um, Takapua here? I think we've got a lot of people from um, different races that have now moved into this little community. Um, but the people that have been here all the time are still here. Their families are still here. Um, our doors are open to each other our kids play around the community and we don't worry about them because we know that aunties and uncles will keep an eye out for you So that, and that's still happening now with, with my mokos that run off up the road and play you know so um, I, I think our community has changed a little bit but not too much play on the on the marae when, when we were kids we weren't allowed to we used to get chased off with a stick and and that, but the kids play here now, you know, and that's what it's all about, eh? So, Hira, you were sort of, well, you were honoured at um, an awards ceremony that the Porirua District Council put on. Your, under your name was about your, your contribution to the Takapuwaiha community, and in particular your role as a ringawera. So, can you tell us about um, your mahi here? I guess when I was growing up, well, a bit younger than what I am now, I used to work here in the kitchen with, with my mum, and Uncle Sol and Tara Arfa, and he was our chief cook. And so we used to do a lot of catering here, and I learned so much from them. And I've just sort of carried it on from there. And I used to say to my mum, because she used to be over here a lot at the Madai, especially for tangies, and it didn't matter whose tangie it was. And I said to her, why do you go to the Madai all the time when it's you know, not our immediate family? And she says, when you live here in the park, everyone is your family, regardless. And so I've just carried on from there. Um, and my mum was a real <clears throat> humble person. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think I've learned so much. And what's mum's name? My mum was Hini Wairoro Parata Solomon. Um, everyone just called her Auntie Millie. Auntie Millie. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I've, I've learned so much from her, and, and, and I contribute the, the award that I got to my mum. You know, because if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here. So I always thank her for that. You know. Were you here when David Bowie came here? I was. I was. Tell me um, about it. It, it, was, it was awesome because my mum was working in the kitchen and because we could only have a certain few people in there, I managed to work in the kitchen with him. So if, if you go back from what I am now to then, I, 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 was, I was married because my kids were in the, um, in the cultural group that welcomed him onto the marae. And, so, um, and they must have been about 10 or 11 and oh, just to see the people, you know, it was it was great. And were you a David Bowie we, fan at yes. the time? I and liked so, some of his songs. Yeah, yeah, some of them. Yeah. If I, if you can go back to that day again, like, what was the fun? If, what was the feeling like here at oh, the marae? We had a pop star coming to our marae, you know, and and people were gathered right outside the marae, on the on the marae, and. Because we could only have so many into the kitchen, um, I guess I was privileged. <laughs> <laughs> I was privileged to be in there with him. And he ate everything we put in front of him. He tried everything, you know, and it was just... And he was really down to earth. You know, a real humble man as well. Mm. Any other memorable hui that have taken place here um, at Takabuwa here? When they had the walk from Cape Rianga. 
Oh, the march, Dame, the land yes, march. Yes, yes, the yes, land of march. Course. And, and just preparing the food for all the um, hikoi people that came down. And um, Dame Fenner, she planted one of the trees out here as well on, on the marae with our Auntie Molly, Mineta. So um, we've done it, you know, it's just, it's just awesome the things that happen here. And then the All Blacks this year, they didn't come to our marae here at Takapuahia, but they came over to Hongaweka. That's right, yes. And it was awesome too. Before I got married, I was working in the printing, you know, working in the factories, worked at Kodak. Oh, yes, Kodak's uh, exhibition yes. is in Pataka. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, I've worked in there printing the photos, and, and then I ended up driving taxis, and now I've been involved in working with people with disabilities for the last 20-odd years. Um, IHC and then up at um, for the DHB. At the moment my role is a kaimanaki and I work with um, Māori inpatient. I uh, love my job up there, really love my job, just to see our people, you know, when they come to us up there and a lot of them can't even remember, um, you know, their whakapapa, where they're from and, and, and that's part of our role up there is to reconnect our, our tangata whaiora Back to the whānau, eh? Love it. What are your future aspirations for this marae or for your family or for your whānau for um, Takapuwa here? I, I just like my family to, especially my family, to continue the work that I do. And I know that, that for me, when I go, my children are going to be able to carry on the work that myself and my mum has taught us. And for the rest of our people around here, you know, just being together... It's so nice. It's so nice. The last tangi we had here, people hadn't been home for ages. But sit, just sitting and talking and reminiscing about the past. Awesome. Just getting distracted. <laughs> um, now, obviously, you know, more kai are moving towards more modern equipment. Yes. So can you tell us, give us a snapshot into when you were learning in the, in the kota, in the wharekai, to now? <laughs> um, I first learned in our old kai house and... Um, we had um, the big black pots on a fire. Big black pots, and you would stir? Stir. Like a cauldron? Yes, yes. <laughs> we we, we learnt all that in there until this one was built. And then we had all the push-button things. Yeah, no, I learnt on the open fire in the old Kai house um, with our, you know, with our tupuna that have gone on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Washed dishes by hand and, you know have about three or four sittings because it wasn't big enough. And we, we can now sit in here 300 comfortably. Sometimes we can squeeze in 400, but 300 is, is really good. What are, what are some of the challenges in terms of running a kitchen? Do you still have the numbers these days? Are people coming home? Um, no, no. It's, 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 sometimes it's a struggle. You know, sometimes we don't have enough um, people. Um, because I work full time, we do have like a catering committee, and <clears throat> anyone that's not working will come down and just give our catering committee a hand. Um, and sometimes that is still a struggle as well, you know. But if you're working, you, there's not much you can do, eh? You know, try and come in and help after work or things. But if you've got a family still to look after, even that's hard. But um. Tangi is a little bit different, you know, where people just slot in, just come in, yeah. So for this award that you got here, were you nominated from the people? Like, how did it work? I was nominated by one of the ladies that worked here. <laughs> um, and I, I, for me, I, I didn't think that, that I deserved that because I don't do these things because I want something. Um, I do it because I love doing it and because, like I said, that's what my mum did. And that's so... Um, I was going to turn it down and they got angry, you know. We, we were all saying no, no, no. And the only I didn't even tell some of my children that I was getting the award, especially the ones that live in Aussie, and I thought, well, I don't want to tell anybody, you know. That's just trying to, you know, that's just staying out of the spotlight, though, eh? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Yes. 
Rangituhi, or Colonial Knob, is a hill located in West Porirua. Today, it's a three to five hour walking or running trek. And from the top, on a clear day, there are views towards the Kaikoura Ranges and surrounding suburbs. Close to Rangituhi is Camp Alsden, a Christian camping ground that is home to Tapini Simmons, who has lived there for the past seven years very cute caravan here. Um, some would say in this day and age a bit of a, I don't know, an oddity for someone mm. such as yourself, maybe not flatting or, mm. you know, living the, the young mm. life. What, what made you move here? Um, it was actually because I wanted a life. I wanted to live my life and because I've been living with my parents for like 30 odd years, you know, it's like, you know, I'm sure people that are 40 will be still living with their parents, but, you know, like I just wanted to live my life and be free. Yeah, coming here was was good. I first started out in the um, cabins, which is just down the road from us. Yep. So it's a, there's a little driveway, and you go down a hill, and there's some cabins down there. I started down there, very small, small room. But I started down there in 2008. And oh, then geez. Yeah, 2008. Oh, I know. And then 2012, 2013, I was able to get this part in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I parked my caravan over there and then parked it over here just last year. Yeah, it was great. Camp Allison is made up of a series of different cabins. I mean, obviously yeah. where we're sitting, we've got portacoms. Yep. We've got a van that obviously has like maybe a bed at the back. There's um, different motorhomes. Yeah. There's your caravan here. So it's it's like communal living. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you are below there and you're living in, in, in the um, cabins, it is very communal communal living, you have a communal kitchen where everyone shares the same facilities, you have uh, communal bathrooms, communal uh, you know, toilets and everything like that, so um, yeah, everyone has to sort of like share um, facilities and you know, and I love it, it's really good, yeah. it's really good, I, I really enjoy it and you know, like you're with nature as well, which I really really love so as well. So we're surrounded by what? By, well we're actually surrounded by, by Docklands so we're actually by the, 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 the Maunga and its name is Colonial Knob or Rangituhi, and we're actually on the pathway towards it. So we're actually surrounded by trees, birds, native forests, and a big Chujas mountain. What I love about it again is the, is the community feeling. Itifana, you know, similar to just being a family, you know, and we all sort of come together now and then, and we share, you know, things, and we laugh, and we cry, and you know, like we have dinners together sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's all that community feeling, which I really love about this place. I mean, years ago, this place was the barracks, was the was the army barracks. We are going to go for a little, <laughs> little hikoi. Don't take me too deep in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here, Rangituhi, in the Nahere, and. This is the Arafata o Rangituhi, or the freshwater stream that runs pretty much through uh, the Ngahere. We're actually standing at the second bridge, uh, which people call the second bridge, up the Arafata o Rangituhi, up the other pathway towards towards the top of, of, of Rangituhi. And um, yeah, so what's around us that we have a lot of native plants and trees and we have a lot of people running past us because this is a recreational area as well. So a lot of people do a lot of recreation. So we have a lot of walkers, runners. Uh, we used to have bikers up here years ago, way before they actually put the actual um, the actual pathways up. Yep. So this used to be a recreation area for bikers as well. Yep. Yeah, but, way, but then until very late 90s, early 2000s, that's when they brought in the bridges and everything like that because it was impossible to of get course. from one end to the other. So then they started putting that in. And then, um, yeah, they had a, I think it was a 10 years walk up here. So we had Nick Lickett as the mayor for Purito. So, um, yeah, and it was great. So, um, yeah, as you can hear, if you can't hear, <laughs> there's some water. So we've got a, lo- got a local river coming down here. Um, story tells me that there are coda in here. I've never seen any coda come out of here. Like freshwater fresh, craze. Fresh water, water craze. Yeah, little black ones, but I've never seen them at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, but there's, and there's also talk that there's tuna in there as well. Yeah. I've never seen an eel at all. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, it, it is it is fresh for what it is. It is fresh. I've never drunk it, though, but I wouldn't dare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the uh, Arafata o Rangisuhi. There's a sense of um, just real tau or peace mm, or um, mm. settlement when, you're, when we're standing here. Yeah, coming here when I need to just have some time out from that busy bustle, bustle back at home or even just at work. I just like to walk up here and sit at the bridge and listen to the water, listen to the way. 
And, um, yeah, just get some peace and harmony back into my life, and then I go back into the hustle bustle. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love it here, mm. and I just can't I can't think of any other place where I would rather be other than being here or being back home. Of course, um, you know, this, well, the, well, the wider Wellington region, especially Kapiti, is known for the um, Kiwi breeding program. Are there any particular manu in this angahiri that you know about? So we have... A lot of uh, kiriru, which is our, our, our wood pigeon, they fly everywhere. And we also have our wetsui. So those two would be the only native that that we hear every morning and, and afternoon is our tui and, and our kiriru. And um, any other native species that we know of? Probably. Uh, yes. So we have a lot of them. You know, hoots at night and hoots in the morning. Yeah, so we have a lot of... Clock. Yes, yes, definitely. Time to go to sleep and wake up. So, um, yeah, we have them around here. We used to have a, um, we used to have a, a lot of the rats come oh. around. Yeah, come around here, but there's hardly any any uh, around here. But, yeah, no, those are... And Did it's, that impact on your living? Oh, not really. I mean, we have a lot of country mice, but yeah. that's about it. We have a lot of country mice, but... Thank Christ that someone's let their cat roam free around here to go catch them. <laughs> go and catch the country mice. Yeah, so I've, I've only had a couple of them get into my, my furry, but it's been good. Yeah. They, they they died. Yeah, they died. Yeah, it's lovely here. So how long can you see yourself? I mean, obviously you're happy in this environment. It's only mm. a stone's throw away from Porirua, actually mm. the, the main centre of Porirua. Mm. Um, how long do you see yourself sort of living here? Um, well, I can see myself living here for probably another five years, maybe ten wow. years the longest. Yeah. yeah, I can see myself living here for, for quite some time because, I mean, as I say, this is my life and this is how I want to live. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. Mm. Really, really, really love it. Porirua Museum opened in 1980, but 17 years later in 1997, the Takapu Wahia-based building outgrew the site. Meanwhile, a local art gallery called Page 90 needed more space. Eventually, the two organisations combined and was temporarily based at the old Porirua Museum building. Meanwhile, Page 90 Gallery underwent a makeover with new rooms, a courtyard, library extensions and an education centre. At the official opening, it was named Te Marae o Te Umukai o Hau, but later renamed to Pātaka. Pātaka Art and Museum curated We Built the City, an exhibition about the origin of Porirua and its suburbs. Another exhibition, Made in Porirua, tells the story of the local businesses, from camera products to stationery, chocolate to cars, and everything in between. Porirua is proud of its very own chocolate factory. Whitakers, a family business which is almost 120 years old, has been based in Porirua for the last 46 years and makes all their chocolate here. Since building their chocolate factory in the city, they have grown and developed to take a 38% share in the chocolate market in New Zealand and have been voted New Zealand's most trusted brand for four years running. Todd Motors began in the early 1910s in the South Island. By the 1930s, they'd moved their base to Wellington and set up a factory in Petoni. They produced cars there for 40 years but outgrew the plant, so chose Porirua as their next site. Construction on the huge factory began in 1972, with the first cars coming off the production line in 1974. Made in Porirua is looking at all the different types of um, products that were made here in the industry. Obviously there was this city was set up and, um, and a lot of the people worked in Wellington and it was very much felt that, um, that industry was important here so that people could, um, could work here and live here so they wouldn't all disappear during the day and go off to Wellington, that, that they would come here and work here. And there was a fantastic workforce being built up here as well. So um, many um, industries were set up right from the, those early stages. In fact, some were even here from the late 50s. Um, 
1958, but generally a lot of businesses got set up in the early 60s. And so this exhibition has a look at the ones that are, are here and still here, like for example Whitaker's, um, still here, and um, what else is still here? Oh, Hill, Hills Hats is still around, although it's Hills not. Hills Hats. Hills Hats, no longer in Porirua, unfortunately. Now they're in Petoni. Mm. Um, but also um, Vega Industries, um, they're still here. They, they were set up in the 70s. Um, Cryovac Sealed Air, they were, they're still here. That's a quiet little company a lot of people don't know about. And also we look at the businesses that, are, the, that came and went, like, for example, Kodak. Um, now that was a very big industry here. There was a big factory that um, did all the production of uh, film. So they, they processed pretty much all of New Zealand's um, colour slides and photographs for many years, and, and the building is, is still there. It's now got um, storage in it and a car sales yard, um, but that employed a lot of people. And, of course, not forgetting Todd Motors, which was the largest employer here for many years. There's a huge urban drift in terms of Māori communities who came down from Gisborne um, back in the 60s. Did the businesses spring up just as fast? Uh, the businesses did spring up, and in fact many sprung up and then, and then went away again. Mm. And there were lots of uh, uh, smaller industries as well, but they very much used the workforce and were very proud that the, that the local communities upskilled so fast. And mm. I, I mentioned that a few times in the exhibition. For example, GEC was a big electrical company, and when they first opened here, there, there wasn't anyone with the skills, but the skills were learnt really quickly by the local community. And so there was a, a huge sort of sense of pride in the speed that, that, the, that the local community came along and worked here and, and, um, and upskilled. And yeah, it was, so it was quite successful until the 80s anyway. <laughs> for the LSA. Okay, let's, let's, so um, what's the, there's lots of drain pipe things happening. What, what's the significance of so, that? Um, <laughs> so the feel of the exhibition is very much, I wanted to get a sort of industrial feel, a fun um, factory feel. So we've got a, a bit of a factory feel going on. We've got on the floor, there's um, a floor graphic, which is like a conveyor belt that, that snakes through. So kids can walk along the conveyor belt. And then on the walls, we've got colourful pipes and and all the, um, the display cases are, are sort of got a crate feel to them. And we've also got lots of um, little, um, I've called them the factories, fun facts for people to, nice. to have a look at. Just so it, some of the statistics and amazing things that were made here. <laughs> Describe your role, please, Ruben. Um, I'm the boss, really. <laughs> yes, you're in a very nice suit. I <laughs> uh, see it's my job to help kind of empower the curators and find some focus and direction for the institution. Yep. So we're one of the few places of our kind of size that has a museum and an art gallery focus. Um, so we're kind of unique like that. So um, I, I guess for me it's about kind of making sure that our museum practice is just as strong as our kind of art focus. I know, I think it's that, because that car over there that's in the poster yeah, yeah. really grabs your attention. How long did the project take you to do? Um, well, like this a... was quite a fast one. It was a three-month turnaround, yeah. which is quite short for a history exhibition. But, yes, we have a great team here, so and we all get in and, and help. Um, we're a small team, but we're a good team, and yeah. we work really closely together. And also, I had a huge amount of help from the community, because, obviously, of um, each of these... Um, businesses and industries um, have got people behind them and some of them are still going so for example uh, Aspiring Walls we have a great um, relationship with them and they were really helpful and loaned us objects to put in the mm. show and also Whitakers of course um, uh, they were wonderful and have loaned us lots of uh, this, uh, a great big food mixer that was used and um, some objects that they have um, which look back at their Which we're standing over in front of now. Yeah, it we're is standing huge. in front of this huge food mixer that they actually don't use at the moment. We haven't taken any of their equipment. This is an older one. Um, so it's been fantastic getting to meet some of the people who were involved in the development of Porirua because um, without these industries it wouldn't be what it is today and um, and there's so, such interesting things that 
a lot of people never knew that were made here. Like, for example, um, well, some people will remember because they worked in that industry, but um, there's underwear that um, uh, Bonds Hosiery made um, pantyhose and undies oh, here. Um, they're unfortunately not here anymore. Also, lots of electrical equipment was here, was made here. And, um, and things that are still made here, like, for example, Vega Industries, or Vega, I'm not sure how you pronounce that properly. But, what um, do they make? Um, well, they Bonds? make... Um, they make uh, marine beacons, so the lights that guide ships into oh, yep. port, and yep. they go all over the world. So a little bit of Porirua is all over the world in harbours everywhere guiding ships in. So just things like that are really exciting. One of my favourite objects is um, we've got this wonderful car. This car is a, a Chrysler Avenger, and it was made here at Todd Motors in 1979. Um, it's called Little Red. Its owners, um, they live over in Ekaterina, and they're very proud of Little Red and they look after her beautifully and she's in fantastic condition. So we were really excited when they agreed to loan her to us for the time. And so you went to Todd Motors or you researched Todd Motors, you said, what, where can I find a car that was well, made here? I researched Todd Motors but they're obviously, they're, they're not there anymore. Yeah. So, um, But actually I, I sent a, a, luckily I sent an email to um, the Hillman Hunter Collectors Club <laughs> and they got back to me and I said do you know anyone who might have a car that was made at Todd Motors and they said yes we do nice. so thanks to them we got in touch with the owners of this and they were happy to loan it to us and they're happy for everyone for her to come home as it were and see um, and everyone in Porirua to be able to see what fantastic things were made here so I was really excited that, that we were able to get a car in the gallery because you know this was one of Porirua's major manufacturing and many people in the local community worked mm. here in fact Todd Motors was known as the university on the hill for many years and it's interesting that the Wananga the is Wananga, there now uh, right next to <laughs> carrying on that purpose yeah. in the, in Mitsubishi the, it's called that's it's right well Todd Mitsubishi Motors. bought the the uh, industry and then they they wound down the production side but they're still there it's really um it was a major part of Porirua history so of course it's really important to show it and i think the fantastic car is the best way to show <laughs> this That's side right. of the story uh, my favorite is probably the, the whitaker's chocolate <laughs> mostly because they were really gracious sponsors and gifted us a huge amount of uh, objects for consumption <laughs> I didn't even know they made K-bars yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that and it's got like their um, the moulds that they use to make the chocolate and there's a lot of that kind of the early um, the wrapping paper Yes. and they've got them displayed on these kind of uh, like how you would kind of expect to go to a paint store and have those paint cards they've got their wrapping ah, and these kind of books like samples. sample booklets chocolate wrappers yeah I think one of the interesting things for me, though, is um, when you look at Porirua now, there is this really interesting kind of confluence of quite affluent areas and then our kind of lower socioeconomic communities. Mm. It's interesting how close they are to each other, too. They're just kind of, like when you look at Waitangirua and, and the creek, it's wrapped around by Whitby and Granada. And these, these these growing kind of communities. So you got people coming out from Wellington who are doing quite well, and then you've got long like new families, you know, and then you've got long established families here who are um, there is there is a real sense of struggle here in Potirua at the same time, and a lot of these industries. I think we've gone through the era where we had this big boom in industry, and then a lot of work has been outsourced, and so now there's this really interesting thing that's happening in Potirua. What's our kind of, what's next for Porirua? What's the future? Mm. And one of the things I want to do here at Pātaka is to make sure that we can provide opportunities for our, our kind of communities to kind of build on this kind of innovation that happened here. Because you really have to, I think, going forward, we have to focus on innovative kind of areas. If we're, like, you know, there's labouring kind of jobs that just aren't around, manufacturing jobs aren't around at the same kind of level as they used to be. So same how can employees. we... Yeah, yeah, so if we're going to be focusing on kind of innovative industries, you know, how can we kind of support that? So one of the things we're doing here is we're trying to develop um, an innovation station. So I'm working with Alice on that, and what it is is it's a room where we can have a suite of computers, 
and have 3D design programs and because uh, you know, things like 3D printing are um, quite commonplace now actually. Even laser cutters and things like that that uh, may be kind of inaccessible for certain communities. We're hoping that we can provide access to that and if we can provide access to our kids at a young age to that kind of technology, even if we're not going to be training them to be experts in it, but just to make them familiar with that kind of software so that it's an everyday part of their life. We can bring school kids in and just get them familiar with the programming. It means that hopefully we can help foster creative industries. It's quite fun in this show to look at pre-digital because we will say because oh, yeah. we look yeah. at Kodak and a lot of kids won't realise that <laughs> photos used to have to be produced. I mean, I haven't used a film camera yeah. for good on 15 years, yeah. I think. So when you see Kodak, I was like, oh, that's oh, right, film. Kodak. And you used to put the film in and get it processed. Yeah. But what, I'm just behind you, Alice, is Olympic stationery. Yeah. We've got um, a painting here from the original architect's um, plan for the building and it's now it now it's on Prosser Street so it now houses um, cryovac sealed air which have been here for many years making um, packaging products but Olympic stationery was seen in many of the schools and uh, offices for a long long time um, we've got a couple of, of little examples here um, but many people had um, the books that they use and they were all printed and made here in Porirua so it's amazing what was here. It's a wall stencil. Oh this is a, a, a wallpaper roller so it's a cylinder of, of wood and it has um, metal patterns um, sort of uh, uh, stuck into it mm -hmm. and so this is how they made the wallpaper so they make it on a continuous roll of paper and they still do that now. There's still a factory there with a machine that actually is 70 metres long. These rollers, they, they look a bit a bit more flash these days. This is an older one. Um, but but uh, this is aspiring walls, which used to be, of course, Ashley wallpaper. Um, the, the it continuously prints on the on the paper with a roller effect. So um, the wow. paper just runs through the machine and gets printed in different layers. So oh, yeah. it's quite amazing, the technology. Yeah. I, I had fun going with Alice to the factory <laughs> looking at how they made the wallpaper. Because when you go through art school, you learn about silk screening in, the old, you know, in that kind of era that it was just a continuous, giant um, series of silk screens. And oh. then they had these other kind of wooden roller printers where it would just like imprint the image into it. Today, they're still using a very similar kind of technology with silk screens. Yeah but it's just all automated. I'm just curious, are any of the streets, the street names in Porirua named after these manufacturers, or um, after the bosses or the... I know that there is a street called Button Lane, which is named after a button factory that was there very early on. But people do know of areas as in, oh, that's where Whitakers is or, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, it's sort of locally known as that but mm. the official street name unfortunately isn't yeah awa hour is uh, um, amalgamated wireless australasia and they made um amongst other things they made all the clarion car radios so if you ever had a clarion car radio in your car that would have been made in porirua and um uh, during mainly the 80s the 70s and 80s they were here um uh, unfortunately, they closed down as well, but they employed quite a few people, um, and and they and they also made all sorts of other electrical equipment. So, um, uh, Porirua was actually quite well known for its electrical industries because with that and GEC that made um, a lot of the telephones. And in fact, um, we've got a, an old oh, style yes. that was made in Porirua here. So GEC for many years made pretty much all New Zealand's telephones. Um, all the phones in their 70s and 80s, they pumped out a thousand phones every day for many years from Porirua. So, um, and we've got a little um, old dial phone here. You just want to yep. say, yeah. Ah, oh, yes, yes, I remember the name. Remember we only had three digits or four digits. <laughs> the young kids have a go at dialing because they don't know how to do it because we're so press button these days. Yeah, you get um, four digits. Yeah. I think, you know, three, four, six, one, five. Five. <laughs> Wow. I'm picking like 
don't know if it was like 84 yeah. or something like that. So that's a, a fun thing that people can have a go at. Um, so yeah, GEC, um, obviously the factory's still there, it's, it, and in fact there is a, still a lighting company in one end of it, but now it has the, um, the Mary Potter hospice shop in the, is in the other end, and that's the GEC factory. See, some people don't realise that these big buildings, they, were, they had a lot of industry going on. And we've got some great photos here to show all the sort of technology, the early technology that went on there. Um, and they made a lot of lighting there as well. Um, and, um, and then... Chubb. Chubb um, Security. Chubb Security. Um, they actually made in Porirua um, all the sort of great big vault doors that go into banks um, and really huge safe cabinets. So it, they didn't really make the, the locks here, but they made the, the, the vaults and the security and the safes. So um, there's, for example, um, uh, yeah, they're, 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 the BNZ Bank in Takapuna, they have a a vault that was made here and also in Johnsonville I think yeah the BNZ has a great big door a vault door to their bank that was made here so um, it's quite amazing what the, the, diff, the sort of range of goods that were made here ones that are so inbred into our history that's right yeah and oh yeah we have got a section on the Kapimana news which oh, of yes, course this is um, the local the local paper that was ma made and been still around made for quite here a while. it's been around for a long time started in 1949 so um, they've told local stories and, and represented the community for a long time. The Kapimana News was in, has informed, investigated and entertained the Porirua community for over 66 years. The paper was started in 1949 by four Plymouthan businessmen, Alex Grant, Gladstone Hill, Frank Ross and Jock Cameron. They were fed up with never seeing Porirua, Tawa and Kapiti in the Wellington papers unless a murder had happened. So they each invested one pound, which is now worth $71, to start up the business and began publishing. Porirua is also home to the Police College, the barracks in Whitby hosted this year's Konohite, or concert. The event features about a dozen kapahaka groups strictly from the government departments in Wellington. Uh, kia ora. So who do you present uh, at Konohite? Um, I'm representing uh, Te the Ministry for Primary Industries. What is Konohite to those who don't know what it is? Konohite is uh, a festival. It's where the government departments uh, send in their, 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 their kapa Māori um, and they just uh, waiata haka. Yeah. So it's, it's just for the, the government departments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, and it's every year. We have it every year. And how long do you know, do you know how long it's been going for? Uh, 2004, I think, is when it first started. Gee! It's been going probably 11, 12 years, 13 years. What does... Um, so... To people who participate, or to the Rōpi that participate in Konohete, is there a sense of expressing maritanga? Like, what does it do in your workplace in terms of your government departments? Well, a lot of government departments are encouraged to, um, in regards to the partnership, what we call a partnership. A partnership is between the government and the treaty in Māori. So, government departments are encouraged to to acknowledge Māori and the qualities of it and include it in, 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 in everyday running within, you know, within the parliament. So, um, and this is what it's about. So we got, this year, we got 15 ropu, I think, from, from 15, different, um, 15 different ministries wow. of the government coming in here. And uh, it's just a fun festival. People just have fun? a good time. No, are, you sure, are you sure it's just fun or it's not? Well, <laughs> on the inside it's a little bit, a bit different. Yeah, it's a bit of uh, a bit of whakatai. A bit of matatini, a bit of, you know, matatini so, aspirations. Pe pe people have said that um, this konohete is sort of the matatini for, for government departments, I suppose. Aye. So you when know. you hit the stage you do, there is an element of bringing your A-game. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a Māori thing, eh? That's a Māori thing. We, no, we don't, we don't do things for, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put on a smile, but we, 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 we do our best. What a cool place to have it. Police college, put it all police college. It moves every year. Um, this year the police decided that they're going to um, 
they're going to host it. So this year it's here. Next year, another ropu or another ministry might turn off for it. So we'll move there next year. But um, but this is a nice venue. No parking. Kai, there's kai there. There's, you know, and there's bokopuna everywhere. Tamariki, ragatahi everywhere. So, and kaumatua. And that's what it's about. Hey, for, for me, anyway. Kei tua tukitira. Kia ora. Thank you, Dennis. Got to get away from the noise of the city. I got to get away. 